Hey guys, and welcome to episode 89 of the Finding Your Mom Chair podcast. Um, I'm super excited to be getting back in the saddle here and releasing episodes again. I've really missed it. Um, if you've been following on Instagram, you know, um, it's been a struggle, like it has been for a lot of you as well. Um, and so I'm excited to be spending some time here at Finding Your Mantra yet again. And uh, for the next few weeks, I'm actually going to be releasing episodes which were recorded back in December and January, way before coronavirus. <laughs> um, remember those days? I barely do. Um, but these are recordings from the first Momtra Summit, and the content was just so good that I had planned all along for these to be the podcast episodes for the summertime, leading into um, some things we have going on in the fall here. So I wanted to share with you these awesome um, previously recorded um sessions from the summit. Uh, and this one is especially timely. This um, recording is with Janine Esbrand, who is an executive coach, career strategist, a TEDx speaker, a lawyer, and a wife and a mother of two. She's going to be talking to you about finding or creating work that you love, which I think is an especially timely uh, conversation to be having these days. Uh, if you're like us and you're out on the job market, uh, these tips that she shares are super valuable and will help you stand out in the crowd these days as a lot of us transition back to work. I've been out of work myself for a year with the baby um, or just trying to find work in a pretty competitive market right now where a lot of employers aren't um, necessarily, you know, so easy to get um, for you to stand out in front of. So Janine's uh, tips will help you. Her secrets will help you get your name on the top of their pile of resumes. And just so you know, I recorded this. My son was homesick from daycare this day and I shared some behind the scenes pictures on my Instagram. So if you're watching or listening to this, go over to my stories and watch <laughs> the uh, behind the scenes of what this episode recording actually looked like. And maybe it looks like your house a little bit. My toddler had a mask on. I was rocking the baby who was only about six months old at the time. Um, my toddler threw his mask at my laptop. Towards the end of the episode, he screeches because I had been going on for a long time. I had been recording for days and, you know, he wanted my attention. So hope that screech doesn't hurt your ears if you have headphones in. Fair warning, it's at about like the 35 minute mark. <laughs> but um, I hope you enjoy what Janine has to say. I am putting her um, Instagram link in the show notes and you definitely want to go give her a follow. Uh, enjoy today's episode and I'll be back next week with another very timely Momtra Summit session to share with you as my weekly podcast episode. This is a place for you, mom. We're here to explore our super mom strength and softness. We share real talk about parenting, relationships, mom guilt, self-care, and more. We're real moms, just like you, chatting about life and bringing you tips and strategies for showing up as your best self. So throw up your mom bun, grab your coffee, and tune in to this week's episode of Finding Your Mom Truck. I'm Karen Liebner, mom of two, 
lover of all things coconut, and your host. Thanks for joining me. Hey, Janine, thanks so much for joining us for your session today. Hi, Karen. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Um, so I'm going to share a little bit about your background with the audience so they know about you. Um, Janine is an executive coach, career strategist, TEDx speaker, lawyer, wife, and mother of two. Um, she has personal experience with progressing in a demanding career while raising a family, and she's committed and passionate about helping moms thrive in their career beyond motherhood, which happens to be the name of your company and your blog, correct? <laughs> yes. Yeah. So you are going to share with us today about finding and creating uh, work that you love? Yes, I am. I'm excited. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm going to let you take it away and I'm going to mute all this craziness <laughs> and I will be right here paying attention. I might turn off the video at some point just if we get a little wild, but yeah. we're going to try to keep it on. <laughs> okay, sure. So let me, I'm going to share my screen with everybody and tell me if you can just give me a thumbs up if you can see it. Okay, awesome. I'm going to put it in big mode. Okay. So hi, everybody. I am so excited to be here. And today I'm going to be talking to you about the four simple steps that you can take to find work that you love. So as Karen mentioned, I'm a career and executive coach. I run a company called Lightbox Coaching. And my focus is very much on supporting women with their careers beyond motherhood. And I have a podcast called Careers Beyond Motherhood. So um, I, in addition to being a, an executive coach and a, um, and a career strategist, I'm also a lawyer. So I have 12 years experience as a corporate and commercial lawyer, um, working in the legal sector. I have worked in leading law firms in the UK. I've worked in the US. I've worked for various different companies and I've also carved out a portfolio career. So now I work part-time as a lawyer while I run my coaching practice and I also have two little people. So I've been through various transitions in my career, and so I'm able to draw on that experience when I share with my clients how they can go about finding work that they love. So I'm excited to dive in with you today and share with you a bit about my journey and give you some um, practical steps that you can be taking so that you can move towards work that you really enjoy. So um, if you're here and you're watching this, you may fall into one of these categories. So you may feel like you've worked really hard to get to where you are in your career, but you're wondering at this stage, what is next for you? If you've gone on a maternity leave, you've taken a career break to raise your children, you might now be saying, what happens next with my career? Um, you might be really ambitious and have dreams of doing great things in your career, but feel stuck and you're not quite sure how you're going to do it. And now that you're a mom, you might have one or more amazing little humans that mean well to you and you know that you want to continue your career but you want to do what's best by them as well you might also be considering how you're actually going to manage both motherhood and your career well um, and you might be feeling overwhelmed trying to figure it out on your own it's quite um, a puzzle to, to see how all the pieces could could fit together and you might be thinking I just want somebody to tell me what the clear path is to take and hopefully today I'm going to be able to do that for you so that's me <laughs> 
Um, and I just want to share with you a bit about my background and kind of what led me to this place. I mentioned to you that I um, am a lawyer and now I'm a coach. Those two things don't often go hand in hand. So I'm going to share with you how a trip to Africa really changed everything for me and changed my perspective. Um, so shortly after I qualified as a lawyer, I had the opportunity to go on a legal mission trip to Africa. So I went to uh, Rwanda and Kenya with a group of lawyers and we were able to go and use our legal skills and expertise to educate people locally on their legal rights um, and it was an amazing trip I was there for two weeks I absolutely loved all the experiences that we had and the impact we were able to make we did things like going to prisons where people had been on remand for um, weeks sometimes months sometimes years one a few people that we met were in jail for up to five years just because they didn't have access to justice so they would be arrested the police would ask them to pay a bribe they wouldn't be able to pay um, because they had no money and then they'd be put in jail and they wouldn't have a hearing and they had no money to, to get a lawyer so they would just be there um, and so the organization that I went with was was going into prisons and presenting these workshops to give the prisoners what they needed in terms of education so they knew what their rights were so that they can exercise them so we had the chance to get involved in that and it was so so impactful so when I came back from that trip I was sat at my desk working on a corporate transaction and I was just thinking this is not really doing the same kind of things I was doing recently. Two weeks ago I was making an impact in someone's life and right now I am just helping someone make money. I want to do something to help people on more of a personal level. And so that is where my journey of exploration came to uh, figure out what I could do to help people on a more personal level and then I came across coaching and realized that I've always been a coach I've always been that person to um, see what people could do help them to fulfill their potential help them to move forward and champion people and so that's where my journey into coaching really began so um, so there's this picture of me in Africa with the group of people we were helping that that lady who has her hands up there we were helping her to um, to fix her, her, the walls on her house. So it's a real community effort. So it's such a great, great experience. And then the other, the other time in my life where things really changed was when I had my son. So he, is, he doesn't look like that anymore. He's now four and a half, but this was when he was about one and a half. But having him made me really think about how I was going to move forward in my career. So I had trained on a, as a coach alongside my legal career, but I wanted to continue to grow as a lawyer. But once my son came along, I was like, how am I going to continue practicing as a corporate lawyer, working crazy hours and still see my son? So I was at a career crossroads where I had to figure out how am I going to move forward with my career without giving up all I worked hard to build, but also having the, the lifestyle that I wanted. I wanted to be around for my son. So I had to figure out how I was going to make that work. And so I ended up working in my business, but then also looking at working more flexibly. So I went into a role as part-time legal counsel, and then I was also building and growing my coaching practice. So this is just a few pictures of me working with other ladies uh, as uh, in a workshop who needed help with figuring out their direction too. So that's a bit of my backstory, and I just want to say if you've got any questions, um, I'm happy to answer them. So you can all you can type them. I know you're going to be watching this on the replay, so you can um, you can share those questions with Karen, and I will be happy to answer them afterwards. So let's dive in. So four simple steps to find work that you love beyond motherhood. So my goal really 
is to help you find or create work that you love. So often when you're at a crossroads, people are considering, am I going to go back to the corporate world and find a new role? What does that role look like? What could I possibly do? How will I work flexibly? And then some people are thinking, do you know what? I actually want to figure out how I could work for myself. Maybe I want to um, start freelancing or maybe I want to start my own business. So part of what I'm going to talk about is helping you to figure out what is the right path for you and then how you go about following that path. So what makes this different in terms of the training that I'm going to be sharing with you? I have two children, so I know exactly where you are. You're all um, mothers watching this. And I have been through a number of different transitions. So I went from being an ambitious lawyer to being a lawyer who's also working as a coach on the side to being a working mum of one and then a working mum of two. And so there's been lots of different transitions. So whatever it is that you're facing or thinking about, I've probably done it. So I've worked as a freelancer. I've worked part-time. I've worked full-time. I've juggled. Um, I've uh, started a growing business. So the, the fact is my background means that I can share with you from experience all that um, I've been through and hopefully that can help you um, as, you're, as you're going forward and making decisions about the best next steps for you. Um, I should also say that I've connected with many, many mums just like you. So I have a Facebook community. I run a podcast. So I have a lot of conversations with women and I see the common threads. I see the, the things that people um, struggle with over and over again. Um, I've worked with various different clients. And even though people come from different backgrounds, even though they come from different industries, and different cultures. So I've worked with people in the UK, in the States, in Canada, all over. There's always the common feelings of guilt, uh, mum guilt that comes up, of confidence dips, of feeling overwhelmed, uncertain about the job market. All of those are things that are common and that I've come across before. So I have discovered in my work as a career coach and an executive coach that it is possible for women to work in a way that works for them and their families, even though it sometimes doesn't seem like that way. Um, and that there are so many more roles available than people realize. So one statistic that you might not be aware of is that in the job market, 80% of the roles that are available are not advertised. 80% of the roles that are available are not advertised so when you go on the job boards and you're saying you know what I need a flexible role I need a part-time role you start searching you see nothing and then you come away feeling discouraged because you think that means it's not possible for you to get back to work or to change the role that you're in you're really only looking at 20% of what's available because there is a hidden job market that you could totally be tapping into but if you don't know that it's there you won't know how to tap into it so we'll talk a bit about that shortly so there's there's a couple ways that you can approach things. So the hard way, which is where a lot of people start, where they uh, struggle to negotiate the right kind of flexibility with their current employer. They scroll those job boards I talked about, looking for part-time opportunities and then feel discouraged. Or they put off career decisions for later. So they say things like, I'm just going to spend time with my kids. I'm going to enjoy them while they're young. And then when they go to school, I'll start thinking about going back to work, which is all well and good. But... The, the period in which your, your children are young is, is for a short time. So then when they go to school, if you haven't been strategic and you haven't really thought about what you're going to do in the future, then it's going to be harder to start and get back into it. So if you make decisions 
thinking about the future and, and planning things, then you can make that transition a lot easier when the time comes that you do want to go back into the corporate world if that is what you choose to do. So let's talk about the two categories that ambitious mums fall into. There's the ones that will hope for the best that will say, I'll just see how things go. I'll just, I'll just go with the flow and then hope an opportunity comes up or I'll hope that the business that I'm going to start grows. Um, there's those that are in that category. And then there's the others that are in the action takers that are saying, you know what? I know what I want. I've got clear on what I want and I'm going to go out there. I'm going to take action and I'm going to make it happen. So I want to talk to you, just share a story of this lady here. She's one of my clients that I worked with um, last year. So she was an accountant working for the same company for like 15 years. And um, she got to the point where she wanted to make a change. She was working for the company but was no longer happy. She had managed to negotiate flexibility after having her son. But now she was feeling stuck in an unfulfilling role. So for the last three years, she was feeling like, I don't want to be here. I don't enjoy this. I want to do something different. But she was really stuck. Like she didn't know where to go or how to get started. So, <coughs> sorry, excuse me. I just need to <coughs> take a bit of water. So she was really feeling stuck because she thought that she negotiated flexibility. She wouldn't be able to find another role that was flexible. So she was staying where she was. But after working together, she came to realize that there were opportunities out there. And she managed to land an ideal position on a part-time basis with a company that was far more aligned with her values and what was really important to her. <coughs> so let's talk about the four steps that she went through and that you can go through to find work that you love. Oh my goodness, <laughs> I've got a frog in my throat. <coughs> Sorry, Karen. It's the, it's the perfect time to keep <laughs> recording content. Everyone I call on is hacking. I'm hacking. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. See, what happened was my daughter got sick and then she passed it on to me <laughs> for the Christmas period. So I'm just getting over that now. Sorry, ladies. Okay. So let's talk about the four steps then. Here are the four steps. So firstly, you need a clear vision of what you want your life to look like first. So often when people think about looking for a role, they start saying, okay, I need to find a role. What kind of role should I go for? Um, and then they start taking like a scattergun approach to searching. But actually, take a step back from the actual role that you want or the type of job you want to be doing and think about what do I want life to look like? So what kind of flexibility do I need? How do I want my days to look? Once you start doing that and paint a vision of what the bigger picture looks like, then you can look at <coughs> what options are actually going to help you to make that vision a reality. The second thing is to look for roles that are aligned with your strengths and also your values. <coughs> The third is to conduct market research so that you can get clear on what is out there and be more, um, be more aware of the possibilities. And then the, the fourth is to job search strategically, not just a random approach to job searching, but one which is efficient and effective. So let's talk a little bit about the steps. So step one, create a clear vision of what you want life to look like. 
I love this quote, our life is what our thoughts make it. So really, anything first starts in your mind, you think you think about a possibility, and then you can move forward and actually create it in real life. So really take time to think, what do I want life to look like? Not the should, what should I want life to look like? Because we can all fall into that trap where we think, I should be doing this as a working mom, or I should be doing that. Let's not talk about the shoulds, but what do you really want life to look like? Paint that picture and get really clear on what that vision is. There's a trend that I've seen a lot with um, a lot of women returners um, is high on everyone's agenda here in the UK. I'm not sure how much it is over in the States, but people are recognizing that there's a talent pool of women who have taken a career break to raise their families, who still have lots of skills and attributes to bring to the workplace, who are not being utilized, who are just are. Uh, their talent is being wasted and so there is a trend where people are recognizing that that talent should be used and giving people more opportunities to come back into the workforce after having a career break so if when you're painting your vision you're thinking oh but it wouldn't be possible for me because I've taken some time out or I could never do that I want you to switch your mindset and think more about the possibilities and what could possibly happen for you as opposed to thinking about the restrictions and sometimes those restrictions are really what we thought about in our heads there's stories that we've told ourselves but we haven't actually got solid data to back those stories up so when you are saying to yourself oh I couldn't possibly do that I want you to question and say but where does that come from is that fact or is that something that I've just thought and what is that based on and go out there and do some research um, because there is a lot of opportunity out there for you um, here in the UK, there's just a few stats like the government here invested like 1.5 million to fund tackling the gender pay gap. And part of the gender pay gap, um, it, it's an issue because men are getting paid a lot more than women. Often it happens partly because women take time out to raise a family. And so organizations are seeing that this gap needs to be addressed. And so they are far more open to looking at things like flexible working and opportunities. There's also other there's resources out there that weren't there before. So th this is a, a, a screenshot from a Facebook group. When I took the screenshot uh, earlier this year, it was fifteen thousand members. Now it's over twenty thousand, twenty two thousand members in this group. And this was basically set up by a frustrated working mom who was looking for flexible work, and she wanted to bring together a community so in this community they post job jobs that are flexible part-time and they also have people go in there seeking opportunities so it's a great resource it's now called flexible working for people like me instead of mums like me she's made expanded it but it's a great resource and there's other groups just like this so when you're saying i can't find these roles you don't just have to stick to the traditional job boards there's other places to find these opportunities this is another group um this is my podcast uh careers beyond motherhood there's number there's there's been a lot more downloads since i i did this screenshot but there's a lot of other podcasts as well so there's places that you can go if you go to listen to this uh podcast you'll hit uh interviews with various different women from different industries who talk about their careers beyond motherhood and how their careers have changed how they've flourished how they've taken things in a new direction since becoming a mum so if you're feeling down in the dumps and you need some inspiration then that's a place to go to listen to other people's experiences 
um, they should say trend number two instead of trend number one. Um, more women are creating their own flexibility. So you've got the women who are going back into corporate and finding their way in. Then you've got the other women who are saying, you know what, in order for me to make things work for me and my family, I'm going to create my own flexibility. So they, they are doing things like uh, starting their own businesses from home with their children on their hip like Karen is right now. <laughs> they're also, um, they're, they're freelancing. So don't overlook the fact that you've gained skills and expertise in the corporate world before you've become a mum. And you can leverage that. So if you were a graphic designer or maybe you're a lawyer or maybe you are someone who was um, a writer, you can leverage those expertise as a freelancer. So you could do work from home. There are various websites that you can use to get out there and offer your freelance services to people. So you might be thinking, I need to go back into a traditional role, but it might be that you need to think about working in a different way that would work for you and your family. Okay, so let's talk about um, step number two is to know your strengths and understand your value. So this is a really key part when it comes to finding work that you love. So you can go and find any role, but finding a role that you absolutely love is really linked to you doing work that is well aligned with your strengths. So keep calm and use your strengths. So oftentimes it's really common to focus on what the weaknesses are and the negatives are. So if you think about appraisals that you've had in the corporate world before, you'll go in and there'll be talk about what do you need to do better this year? What didn't go so well this year? And then your focus is, okay, how can I improve in those areas? Well, actually, there's areas that you did really well at, those that flow from your natural strengths, that if you focused on them, you'd be able to um, achieve, but achieve in a way that is easier because your strengths are those things that come easy to you. Maybe you're good at public speaking or organizing or planning. If those come naturally to you, finding a role that helps you to play to those strengths means that you're going to be doing it and doing it with ease and that's going to likely lead to fulfillment. So often people think, oh, this is easy. If it's easy for me, it's easy for everybody. But that is not the case. It's easy for you because it's you. And so that is a skill that you have. That is expertise. That is a strength that you have that you can absolutely leverage in the work that you're doing going forward. When you leverage your strengths in your work, you are likely to be six times more productive than if you're not. So take some time to um, assess what your strengths are so that you can really leverage them. <coughs> The other element is work that aligns with your values leads to fulfillment. So I mentioned to you Nicola earlier, the client that I worked with who was the accountant. She, one of the reasons why she wasn't enjoying the work that she was doing is that the company values and what the company stood for didn't align well with what she stood for. So she was someone who was very environmentally focused. She was really focused on how she could do better for the planet and the environment. And her company was doing things that was contrary to that. So when she found an organization that was doing great initiatives to help the environment, to, to save the planet, she was so much more um, excited about working for them and finding that role meant that she was so much more fulfilled. So she was doing the same type of work, but the work that she was doing was in a different setting and that made a whole world of difference. So what are your values? What is important to you? And know those so that when you're moving forward, you can make sure you're moving into a role or building a business that is well aligned with those values. <clears throat> I love this quote, which says, I sincerely believe in play to your strengths. Once 
one could become mediocre when he or she is focused on weakness, but focusing on strengths only can take people to excellence. Like focusing on your strengths is going to help you to be excellent at what you do as opposed to, oh, okay, I'm okay. Right? So really think about what your strengths are. Okay. Step number three. This is to validate your options. So one of the things that people can do, especially if they're action takers, is say, okay, I've done some research. I've got some ideas about what I might want to do. And then they go and jump in to that particular type of role, might go and interview for something or might just jump in and start a business in a particular area. But they haven't taken the time to validate the options and make sure that that is actually what they really want to do. So my suggestion is to take time to validate your options. Do some research. Go online. Find out more about what you're trying to get into. But one of the best ways to really do the research is to speak to people who are doing the roles that you are considering. So if you're thinking, okay, I might want to transition into uh, being a nurse, for example, go and speak to some nurses. Find out what their day looks like. This is called an informational interview. You're going to ask somebody for 20 minutes of their time and you're going to ask them questions about why they like their job, what they don't like about their job, what qualities make a good, a successful person in their role, what you should be thinking about if you want to move into that role. Get some really great insight from somebody who's already doing the role before you decide to transition into that particular area. And when you do this, you might get feedback and realize, actually, that isn't the path that I want to follow. I want to go down a different route. And that's great because that means you've saved time, energy, possibly money going down a, a particular path when it isn't the path that you should be taking. Okay, and then finally, step number four. This is strategic job searching. So I talked before about where a lot of people go wrong when they're looking for a new role is they just they just start applying randomly like I just want to get back to work so they go on job boards oh that sounds good that sounds all right oh I could do that I could do this and the, the approach is scattergun and you get scattergun results people will fire off all of these online applications and not hear anything back and then feel downtrodden and upset and feel like they're not worthy but actually the approach that you've taken has yielded the results because it's scattergun, it's not strategic. Being really clear on what you're looking for first and foremost, what you have to offer, and knowing where it is you should be looking for those roles is gonna help you to be strategic about your job search. Don't just apply for all different types of roles. Decide what am I going to focus on and really go in, go in hard on finding those particular opportunities. One of the ways that you tap into the hidden job market which I mentioned, is to utilize your network. Most opportunities come through your network, the people that you already know. So if you know what you're looking for and you're not taking a scattergun approach, you can actually talk to people and say, I'm looking for this particular type of role in this particular industry. So when they're having conversations, they can refer you. They can say, oh, I was just speaking to so-and-so and they said they're looking for that role. Why don't I introduce you? That's the easiest way for you to get into a new position and for you to get a flexible or part-time role. It's through referrals, it's through your network. So know what you're looking for and then you can tell people that that's what you're looking for. So networking, speaking to people, even if you're going out for coffee with friends, just be open about what you're looking for. You never know what conversation could lead to 
something else and someone introducing you to someone else and what comes from that. I've seen so many examples with clients I've worked with who have found opportunities through networking. In fact, the same client I've been telling you about, she found her role because she was talking to a friend, telling her what she was looking for. That friend received a job alert in her inbox from a company and because she had the conversation with my client she forwarded that job alert to her she applied for it she got interviewed they invited her they offered her the job right so if she hadn't had that conversation that role never would have got made its way to her so you need to start talking to your people your your network about what it is you're looking for and if your network is small and you're saying well i don't really know many people you need to start expanding your network get out there start networking if you can't because you have children it's hard to get out you need to leverage the power of linkedin linkedin is an amazing resource it's so so powerful i've made so many great connections collaborations clients opportunities have come from linkedin so you need to get on there um very recently i was approached on linkedin for a role it's an ideal role um, I didn't go out looking for it. They found me via LinkedIn and then they've invited me to come in to interview for it. So that can happen so, so easily, but you need to be out there. You need to be on the platform. So that was a bit of a whistle, whistle stop. <laughs> but what we covered is the four steps. You need to create your vision. What is it you want your life to look like? Let's not just start with the role because I really believe in work-life integration we talk a lot about balance and it's not possible to feel balanced all the time. Your life is your life. So your mum life and your work life, they go together. One impacts the other. So everything is integrated. So when you're looking at your vision, what do you want your life to look like holistically? Do you want to be home to put your children to bed a few times a week? Do you want to be traveling? Do you want to be in a, in a particular space when you're working? Do you want to be working from home? Really understand what your vision is. How do you want to feel? How do you want life to look? and all of that. Um, th we talked about the trends that more people, more women are returning to the workforce after having a career break and companies are recognizing the talent that women have who have um, gone out and taken time out to raise a family. The other trend is more women creating their own flexibility and um, going for freelancing opportunities, leveraging their expertise already or uh, launching their own businesses. We talked about aligning your strengths and your values and the fact that you're going to be far more fulfilled in the work that you do if you understand understand what your strengths are, know what your values are and leverage those in the work that you do. And then we talked about doing your research and really validating options. So once you've decided that these are the options I want to follow, do more than just that. You need to go out and speak to people who are already doing the role that you're interested in to get some real insight on what it would actually be like to do that role on a day-to-day -day basis. And then the last thing was get strategic about your job search. Don't just focus on the job boards. Look at things like social media where you can find opportunities, your network where you can find lots of opportunities and be clear on what it is that you're looking for so that you can be focused in your job search and you don't take a, a scattergun approach to the way that you are job searching. Okay, I need to blow my nose. <laughs> One second, I'm really sorry. <laughs> I'm full of cold. <laughs> okay. So, 
can you do this? Yes, you absolutely can. I have seen so many women who have gone from feeling overwhelmed and unsure about what it is they want to do to finding work that they absolutely love. One example, actually, I recently ran my group coaching program. It's called the Career Clarity Academy. We just finished up the 90-day program. And one of the ladies went from started the program being made redundant. She's a mother of two and she was trying to figure out what she was going to do with her career going forward. She went through the program and before the end of the program, she had two job offers in two completely different industries that were very much aligned to her values and her strengths. And so she's managed to land a role, negotiate a fantastic um, starting package. Uh, and she did that in less than 90 days. So I just want to assure you that it is possible for you to go, for you to go from feeling overwhelmed and unsure to gaining the clarity that you need to move forward. So the old ways of thinking can be keeping you from achieving your potential. So you might be thinking, oh, it's not possible. It's going to be too hard. How am I going to do the juggle? I really can't do this. I don't know how to get started. And all of those thoughts and those limiting beliefs can be holding you back from living a life that you absolutely love and doing work that you love and just building um, a legacy through your work, making an impact through your work and just enjoying your day to day life. So will you commit to the new way? The new way of thinking is to think about the possibilities and not the restrictions, to really be um, focused on what it is you want to create and then look at the ways that you can move towards that direction. So I just wanted to take a few moments to just tell you about the upcoming um, career change bootcamp that I have. So if you are, if you've watched all this and you're thinking, yes, I, I really do want to uh, be committed to moving in a new direction with my career and getting back into work or changing what I'm doing, then the career change bootcamp is definitely going to be for you. It is... Um, it's a week-long bootcamp that's been running from the 20th of January up until the 27th, but you're able to go in, sign up, and catch the replays from what we've covered so far. But we're going to be going step-by-step step through the career change. So we're going to be diving a bit deeper on what we talked about today and really talking you through, well, what are the steps I need to take and how do I actually go about starting to make that career change? So I'd love to have you come and join us. If you head over to lightboxcoaching.com forward slash bootcamp, you will sign up. As I said, it is completely free. And so it's going to be a great opportunity for you to get that insight and that guidance with a community of women. I ran it in September. There were over 150 women that signed up and went through the bootcamp and some of them got some amazing results. So I'd love to have you come and join us. And as I said, if you have any questions, please let Karen know and I would be happy to answer any of those. I'm going to stop sharing my screen <laughs> if I can. No, I can't. That was fantastic. Thank you. You, uh, you hit a lot of nerves for me because, you know, when he was born, I, I felt kind of what you, uh, you were talking about, you know, like this is, feels unfulfilling. I kind of want to be home more. I was in education. So I was leaving at like 6.30 every morning, getting home at like four, oh. you know, it was, and it was exhausting. And I felt like oh, I'm raising other Mom. people's babies Mom. and not my baby, you know? Yeah. Um, and this is, uh, <laughs> Now what we're doing. <laughs> I love it. I love your mask. Is it a mask or is it a plate? It is a mask. Um, okay. <laughs> it's the uh, Philadelphia baseball team uh, mascot. Oh, okay. <laughs> What's his name? The Philly Fanatic. <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, but yeah, I loved all of that. And I had no idea. Um, 
oh, excuse me. There is a big conversation here too about women returning to work. Um, but I had no idea I about. That oh no, I had no idea about uh, you know you how few jobs are actually posted. Uh, yeah! It is, it is, um, if you think about it, it makes sense because for an employer, it's far less risky to have a referral than to hire somebody new. So if someone's referred someone and said, I, I basically, I can vouch for this person. They're a good person. It's less risky for them for one. And recruitment fees are really expensive. So to go through a recruiter, you can pay like it up to like between 15 and 20% of somebody's salary is what you're going to pay just to hire them. And so if you can find that person without resorting to that, many people will. So what generally happens is people will look in their network first. Do you know anybody? They'll ask around. If they can't find anybody, then it will go to be advertised. But if it gets filled, the position will get filled. So you need to be out there talking to people so that people can be that one to say, oh, I, I know someone who's looking for that role. And that's how so many positions get filled. I had no idea. Um, so thank you so much.